3: Or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
4: This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN. Hey,
5: it's The Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher live from the vSEN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We say good afternoon, Michael. How are you?
2: I'm great, Patrick. How you doing today? Doing great,
5: man. Thank you very much. And you saw what happened with McCarthy. So the news, I just got a text yeah. coming in. He's going to be out with COVID
2: uh, protocols uh, on Thursday night at New Orleans. Could, you know, the NFL might want to think about starting that. You know, Steve Bashotti made all his money in the executive cert, executive replacement business. So if you've lost like a <laughs> chief neurosurgeon somewhere, he had somebody that he could replace him. It, it maybe you know, you lose your head coach. Hey, we got a guy right here. Bring him in. You should let him go coach the game. He can roll up that play sheet just like McCarthy can. <laughs> can. I, I think the bigger issue here, I think the bigger issue here is is how. Deep does this COVID affect most of the Cowboy players? Who's going to play in the game? You know, and where is the line going to go to? And what's happening? You know, we know New Orleans isn't very good, but you know, they. But at this point, the line opened at six, and now we're at five and a half. I mean, it's soon to be going down. I would think. I would suspect, just based on. On what we know, how many players are going could potentially be out? Yeah, you
5: nailed it. Opener of six down to five and a half. A cut. One book just went to five. Uh, so that is Dallas and New Orleans coming up on Thursday night to open up the week. To close the week, Michael, we come today your old team, the football team. They weren't. That wasn't the name back when you were into them. But the Washington yeah. football team and Seattle. The question about Seattle is how much are they spiraling and how far will this go? It's a pick 'em right now.
2: You know, this line has been all over the place. It opened up Seattle, was a point-and-a-half favorite. Then it went to Washington. Then it's come back. I mean, it's just – it's been playing volleyball. And I don't think the money is going to follow you to the answer, who's going to win the game. I mean, look, Washington has played over the last – since the second half, since the, the Green Bay game, where they had every opportunity to win. They played better defense against Green Bay than the, the vaunted – and the most powerful team in the National Football League, the Los Angeles Rams, did yesterday. And, and since that game, they've played good defensively, and Taylor Heineke has improved. He's starting to show flashes. He's making plays. You know, they have they have been the better team over the last four weeks. Seattle, I don't have it's anyone's guess. I have no idea. Is Russ gonna be at the French laundry or is he gonna be at Ponzio's Diner? I'm not sure. He's gonna be somewhere but he's not cooking. I don't know what he's cooking. You know,
5: you just brought it up perfectly. They've lost five of six, and then conversely, Washington has won two straight. But if you take a look, and I know you know this, but if you take a look at the numbers both offensively and defensively and you extend them, Seattle's a disaster. It's Seattle, third down, yeah, a run, well, pass, it doesn't matter. They're a disaster.
2: They can't get off the field. They gave up two number one picks for Jamal Adams, and somebody please tell me when you feel the impact of him on the field. Terrible. Tell trade. me when you feel that. I mean, it's a horrible trade. He's an in-the-box safety. You know, they think they're getting Cam Chancellor. They drafted Cam Chancellor in the fifth round. They didn't pay two number ones for Cam Chancellor. They got him in the fifth round from Virginia Tech. So, for me, you know, I I mean, Seattle's numbers numbers offensively are so bad. You know, when you look at them on third down, they're the worst third down team in all of football. What has saved Seattle... What has saved Seattle so far this year, if saving's the right word, at 3-7, and is they've been very good in the red zone. They've been their sixth best offensive team when it gets into the red zone, and they're the fourth best defensive team when it gets into the red zone. That's it. I mean, that's the glorious thing we can say. I mean, Alec Collins has been bounced around the league. He's your main running back. Mm -hmm. Think about that.
5: And you just mentioned the third down issues for Seattle offensively. I guess if there's an elixir, it's Washington's defense, which ranks dead last and third down conversion rate allowed. However, I, I, I was thinking about the way to set this up for you today. It's like, do we continue to believe in the Carroll and Wilson and what they've done, the remember when strategy, or do we look at reality? And the reality is this is a disaster right now.
2: That remember when strategy bit me right in the tail yesterday with Pittsburgh. You know, I'm done with Pittsburgh. I'm not remembering when with Big Ben. I said this summer that Big Ben by December would be a disaster, and I didn't listen to my own advice, you know, and he was a disaster on Sunday. I, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Until it shows me it's back, I'm not going to believe it's back. I mean, the offensive line for Seattle is still problematic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets the crap beat out of him when he does play well. You know, and we keep waiting for Metcalf to, to be the dominant star that he is, and he is great, but we haven't seen it out of their offense. And, you know, with their defense, we know their defense is limited. I mean, let's be honest, their defense is not very good. They don't have a legitimate, that defensive front is can't control the game.
5: No, no, you nailed it. Now, Russ is 10-2 and two straight up on Monday Night Football. Primetime, Russ is 26-12-3 against the spread, so he plays well there. Uh, also, I mean, coming off a loss, Pete's numbers are really, really good. But again, this is just a, this is a whole nother level of bad. And by the way, they've cashed this eight straight. This is the straight, worst we've seen th- them. Yeah, this is. They've cashed eight straight unders, and th- those unders uh, have a lot to do, not with their defense being good, a lot to do with their offense just being inept as well.
2: I mean, the last game they won, they beat, they dominated Jacksonville with Geno Smith at quarterback. I mean, the 49er game that they won was really only because Trey Lance had to come in the game. The 49ers, they, the 49ers moved the ball up and down. They turned it over twice in that game. Now, what has saved Seattle, in fact, if you can save them, is is they only have for the season, they only, they've only committed six turnovers. But they can't, they can't keep the ball. They play more minutes of defense than any team in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. They're constantly on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, their time of possession offensively is one of the worst in the National Football League. and, and, and their defense can't get off the field. I mean and, you know, when you're out there playing, when you're out there playing 35 minutes of football, 35,18, that's what they play after 10 games. They play 35 minutes of defensive football. That's, Man, that's bad, Patrick. That's, that's, you can't do that. It's incredible. You're playing a doubleheader.
5: It, it's it's really incredible. And if you take a look too, three and seven Seahawks. Well, it's it's weird to even say it in four and six football team, but these the three and seven. Much was expected of this team this year, and now there's. Again, the spiral, you, you, do we trust Carroll to galvanize the team? I, I don't have the answer, but I just know that, you, like you said about the Steelers yesterday, you almost, have to, you almost have to put sentiment and emotion aside and just go with what your eyeballs are seeing. What we're seeing from Seattle is terrible.
2: I mean, if, if Pittsburgh had any oomph in them, we would have saw it yesterday. You know. And they had nothing. And Ben looked as old and getting older by the moment. You, I mean, you're never going to hear me, record. I mean, I'm not going to fall for the Tomlin and off a loss. and the. He, there was nothing left of that. That team got their butts beat yesterday bad. I mean, they got handled. Much like the Rams yesterday got handled. I mean, we can't forget about that either. I mean, I loved the Rams yesterday. I thought coming off the bye, they're paying all this money to, to Jalen Ramsey, and he's not even covering the best. Devontae Adams had 100 yards receiving. Right. Like, what are we doing on defense with the Rams? What are we doing? And, you know, I mean, I keep waiting. I mean, I think what you get hurt in betting more than anything is thinking something's going to change when it never changes. (laughs) Cleveland, I mean, look, the steam was all over Cleveland yesterday, right? It was all over Cleveland. Everybody was Cleveland. That number was moving, yada, yada, yada. You know, Cleveland couldn't score any points. They haven't been able to score any points. But I think where we get hurt in betting – is we keep thinking that it's going to change. We keep thinking it's going to change, and it never does. Moral
5: of the story, you're going to be on the football team tonight then? Because if it's not, it's two straight wins over two pretty good teams for Washington. What's interesting, Michael, is you've, you saw the opener of 46 and a half. We saw it jump up to 47 in a couple of books. Washington's 4-1 to the under over their last five. And as I just mentioned, Seattle's cash eight straight unders. It's interesting to see this in prime time jump up a little bit here.
2: Yeah, because I, I think both defenses have liability to them. You know, and I think you could move the football on them. And, you know, I know they don't have Chase Young, but they can still rush the passer in Washington. Jonathan Allen's played fabulous all year, you know, but Seattle should be able to move the ball just like Washington should move the Everybody moves the ball in Seattle, except for Jacksonville. <laughs> and, and some would say in Washington, Chase
5: Young playing, they didn't have Chase Young the whole entire year anyway. There's almost like there's been an actual jump and you've talked about it with Del Rio. This defense has played better over the past few weeks.
2: No doubt, they have played. I mean, they've been able to, they've been able to create some turnovers. You know, now they haven't played. You know, they've been able to create some turnovers. They've they've stopped. The, you know, they held Carolina to two ninety seven. Tampa, they held them to two seventy. Now Tampa didn't have the ball very much. You know, but Tampa couldn't run the ball on them. Denver, they you know they lost the Denver game, which was really bad. They Denver, they dominated the Denver game but somehow they came out of there a 17 to 10 their offense couldn't get going but in the last two weeks they've averaged 28 points on offense it's a lot for them you know can they do that this week you know they're right back in it i mean look you know i know there's there's the this, I know the the bleachers are on broad street but you know if they get to if they win tonight they get to 5 and 6 they're right in there. There's no that, that last spot in the divisional race. Minnesota is the, is in it right now. I think they're what six and five or five or six or six and six.
4: I believe, they're right there. Yeah, I mean, they think they, they're five they, and six. They, they could
2: string some wins. To, see. Yeah, they could string some wins together here. Washington, they got to still have a chance. They play Philly twice. You know, it's funny. Washington, uh, I mean, the New York football giants are four and seven. We think they're headed for the lottery, which they are. The Eagles are five and seven. We think they're headed for the Super Bowl. H- how about perception for in reality? Huh?
5: Have they started to, uh, are they still blowing up the balloons? Are they still building the duck boats? Oh, like what's happening great. on Broad Street there?
2: Well, I mean, w- once we get rid of Rieger, everything will be fall fall, fall back in place. In the fact, their quarterback hasn't thrown for 200 yards since the Raider game. It went a loss. That's the last time he's thrown for 200 yards. I mean, I think one in the last eight games he's thrown for 200 yards. Think about that, Patrick. Wait, so the, divi- the Da Vinci Code the
5: points to Jalen Rieger? That's the issue? That's what's preventing yeah, this team from winning a it. Super Bowl? Okay. Get rid of him. We're fine. Everything moves on. Your favorite, Thanks. Mr. Sinatra. New York, New York. We're coming back with the double dip, the Jets and the Giants, next here Lombardi Line.
4: to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Of course,
5: football season is here. BetMGM Sports has you covered as far as the interface and the app. BetMGM.com. Download the BetMGM app right now. If you're in town, by the way, you can stop by any MGM casino here. Bring your Nevada ID and you're ready to bet within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Lombardi Line on this Monday, November 29th. Hopefully had a nice weekend as we extend Thanksgiving even a little bit more. We close out the week tonight, of course, with Seattle at Washington. It's a pick mostly everywhere in 47 as far as the total. New York, New York. We mentioned that two young quarterbacks pick up a win. Uh, The Jets in Houston and Philly at the Giants. I'll let you pick which one you want to go with here.
2: Well, let's talk Philly and the Giants. I mean, you know, that was a game that that you know, I think everybody thought would be an easy win for the Philadelphia Eagles, even though the Giants have always given them trouble. And Pat Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, of the Giants, did a tremendous job. I mean, he basically made Jalen Hurts play quarterback. He said, look, if you can beat me from the pocket, good luck. And he couldn't, you know, the horrible turnover at the end of the half. I mean the Eagles can't throw the football. I mean they just don't have a passing game with Hurts more than just if one guy's open he'll throw it to him. You know, he stares down receivers and he's very he's very anxious to take off and run with the football. And you know, I mean, it's just it's it's so obvious. I mean, when you watch this team, week 7 they they threw for 223 in a loss. Okay, that was week 7. 2 weeks before that against Tampa And against the Carolina Panthers, they threw for 113 and 182. So then you add the next five weeks. So of the seven weeks that they've played since Kansas City in week four, they've yet to throw for over 200 yards passing. Yet to do it. Wow. And yesterday they turned the ball over four times, which is the most turnovers they've had in any game so far this season. They have been very good at not turning the ball over, protecting the football, and being able to survive with their run game, but they can't survive with their run game because they can't make explosive plays all the time. I mean, Hertz is still their leading rusher. I mean, Rieger had a couple drops. Everybody will blame him for the loss. But the reality of it is, this quarterback can't throw the ball. I don't care what it happened. When he has to throw the ball from the pocket, it's a problem. You know, he'll lead the team in rushing. I mean, he's got 695 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. He averages five, seven carries. Great. But when you play, you can't play from behind. Well, Lincoln
5: Riley's going to take that Oklahoma offense to USC. Half the Oklahoma offense was good in Jersey yesterday. They ran the ball. You mentioned 77 yards per Hertz. Boston Scott 64, Miles Sanders 64. But the three picks, the two in the red zones, I mean, if you, Jalen Rieger's going to take the hit, but the miscues in the red zone by Hertz, I mean, they're just trying to protect him.
2: He can't throw the football. I mean, it, it, he had three interceptions. He could have had more. I mean, on the final drive of the game, he almost throws in two interceptions on that final drive. He stares down the end cut. He throws a deep route to, over to, I think it was the Watkins, and the ball got tipped, and Love almost intercepted the ball. He had, he had a chance to make the play for the game. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I, I look, I, I think they've done a great job of modifying the offense around them. You know, this week, it's interesting. They're only a seven-point favorite against the Jets.
5: Yep, they head back to Jersey and take on the Jets. Philly laying seven. I just see Circa just went to six and a half actually. So that's fast. They probably looked at the schedule. You know, everybody in Philly planning the parade. They said, okay, we've got the back to back, the Jersey back to back with the Giants and Jets. Those are two wins, and they go out yesterday and lay an egg in Jersey.
2: You know what? I, this morning, this morning I went through. And I just wanted to see, you know, because this morning with the numbers posted and it's very and and the action this morning is is really people that have power ratings and they want to see those numbers and they want to jump on the numbers. Right. And you and the splits are are dramatically shaded in that direction. There's no casual better betting Monday morning. Right. Nobody's I mean, so, you know, here's the games that I think we that people jumped on the number quickly. Arizona-Chicago, 97%. This is at 8 o'clock this morning. 90% of the money came in on Arizona. The Jets-Philly, 93% of the money came in on the Jets. Shocking. That's why that number went to 6.5. San Francisco-Seattle, 88% came in on San Francisco, 2.5. Okay, Indy, Indy versus the Texans, that was 8.5. I think that number's going up way more. Now it was 8.5. Now it's 9. 98% came in on that, right? Tampa, Atlanta, 88% came in on Tampa.
5: Up to 11.5 at a couple of books. Uh,
2: Jumped quickly, right? Cincy, here's a a shocker one for you. Cincy, who I think is for real. I've been killing Cincy for too long. I think they're for real. Minus three versus the Chargers, 83% jumped on Cincy. Up to three. Okay. Miami, minus three versus the Giants, 88% on Miami.
5: Miami is let me give you that number before we move off of it. Miami is up to 3.
2: Yep. So, my point here about this is I think these number, Monday morning's numbers are going to influence some people quickly. And I thought that I thought the Arizona number was light with Chicago at 7. I really thought the Jets number was light at 7. And it went the other way. Shows you what people really, shows you what the sharps think of Philadelphia. Went the other way. And we know Philly's number usually goes towards them. And and I actually am, I'm I'm actually interested in this Miami Jet number because Miami played really well yesterday. Cam Newton was terrible. They played really well. They, they you know they were able to throw the football effectively. They never disrupted to his timing. He made some really good throws in the game, and and the, and Miami looks like they are a legitimately a uh, hard team to play right now.
5: Yep. They, they. I watched most of that game because I had the over in that matchup. And, you know, Tua still misses. He only missed three or four throws in the game. They had
2: four incompletions. He had four incompletions.
5: He, but it's not what you think. You can't just look at the box.
2: Look, I'm watching. I'm not allowed to say what I know. I'm not allowed to say. I'm not allowed to say what I know. But they will get a quarterback. They're going to be oh. some quarterbacking it, movement there. There's he's, no doubt. He's a nice kid,
5: and he can throw a nice they've swing. Done pass. Every,
2: they've, they've done everything in their power to help him. They really have. Those quick hits and to waddle, short. he can do that. Yeah, and if, and if you don't see what happens if you don't jam the receivers and, and you allow him to have free access like he had at Alabama, it's easy for him. It's easy. Because he, he is, he uh, does he is process.
5: He, he is, he does process, and he is accurate. But if that first option is taken away, he d- he it's double over. pumps, and then it's over because his arm strength can't make up for he can't, can't make up for it. So, I, and I was watching. And, and by the way, this Waddle is, and, and I know people have watched him, but it, he takes those slants. It's very o- Odell Beckham Jr. like in his early career at the Giants. I mean, those three receivers that came out of Alabama. I mean, this kid, he he's he's got 77
2: receptions on the year. He's fifth in all of the NFL. <laughs> is a rookie, he's tremendous. It's tremendous. He really is. I mean, and look, they're, give Brian Flores credit. His team is playing better. They're no good in the offensive line. They manufactured a little bit of a running game. Carolina looked like they were a team that was that went early on the bye instead of just going on the bye. You know, they, they went on that bye pretty quickly. So hats off to Miami. Miami will be it'll be my it'll they'll have a harder time against Pat Graham. Pat Graham will really do everything to disrupt Tua. You'll have a better read on Tua next week than you did this week. Yeah,
5: Miami closed catching at home. They beat the Panthers 33-10. to 10. And to your point about Flores, who's focused, just like his old boss, on special teams, they got a a pump block for a touchdown as well. That's when you start to see a team gel when all three phases are starting to come together. Yeah. And that's what's happening for a team that started 1-7 in the Dolphins and have won four straight.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I was, really, I was really impressed with them yesterday. I mean, they're, they're, I've been impressed with them. They have played well. They understand who they are. They're not trying to play out of their comfort zone, you know. And, look, they, they hold the opponent to 22. For, their execution yesterday was spectacular.
5: I agree. I, I, I thought it was very impressive. They got they get this kid off the edge, too, um, for Miami. They were put putting pressure nonstop on Cam, yeah, I mean, and that is conversely where we probably should go. Cam was, my goodness, Cam got pulled in this game, and he was yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean,
2: he should have. And, and look, it, 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 Cam was bad, and everybody. I mean, the first play of the game, D.J. Moore drops a slant, yep, yep. you know, and, and it just went downhill. They got a punt blocked. They get back in the game 7-7. They never really disrupt the timing of the game. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, you know, Miami only averaged 4.4 yards per play in the game, but they couldn't make any plays. you got to give credit. See, I think what happens to a lot of coordinators, and Joe Brady being one of them, is, is when you play a team like Miami who is, not, who is not a scheme team, they're game plan specific. And what does this mean? This means that how they played the team the week before will be completely different to how they play you. Okay. And if you, don't, if you don't understand this, you're going to have a really bad performance. And that's what happened to Carolina. They didn't understand it. Like, they're going to play you different than they played it. Like, you can watch all the tape you want. Like, you can watch the last three games. They're going to play you how New England played you. They're going to play you how other people that do what they do play it. That's a hard thing for coordinators. They want it to be standard. How, you, you know, we're going to run our stuff. This is, what, this is the separation between coaches
5: we and we also have to separate we over here we know Christian McCaffrey is a brilliant football player He's always injured. It. He's always injured. I guess he was in a boot or something after the game. He's injured.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they gave him a lot of money, and, and you you pay money for durability. Always you injured. You pay money for durability. Seriously.
5: I mean, you know, the one thing we always say about Eli, is he all a Hall of Fame? He's played in every single game. I mean, McCaffrey no, got the paid. The straps it, it
2: up, yep. no doubt. McCaffrey got
5: paid, it up. and he's just not playing football. That's an issue for your best football player. We come back, Thomas Gable. How'd the books do in Jersey at the Borgata? We'll find out. We're just getting started here on a Lombardi Line. Presented by BetMGM, it's beast and the Sports Betting Network.
4: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay,
5: it's Cyber Monday here at v and it's even better. Then Black Friday. So you're going to get $99 midseason football special, which includes everything. Free picks are very important. And then you get $20 to spend at the store in credit. T-shirts, hats, mugs, anything you want. v slash subscribe. Hurry up, though, because it's going away today. Go to v slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. Uh, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey, where we continue. We're going to close out the week tonight, Seattle at Washington. That is going to be fascinating, Michael, to see what happens there. It's a pick pretty <laughs> much everywhere. What's the
2: weather, everywhere. Patrick? Give me the weather. The weather then, it's going to be very, very it's cold. cold.
5: It's going to be very it's cold, cold in Washington. Could be a little windy, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's cold weather. It's, you know, getting into December, but it's going to be bitterly cold down in D.C. tonight. And we say hi as uh, we just stretch out to Jersey even further and say hi to Thomas Gable. Hey, T.G., how are
6: you? Doing well, guys. How are you?
5: Doing, doing very well. How'd it go? I, I, I think the favorites edged out uh, a Sunday. How'd it go at the Borgata there?
6: Yeah, it was uh, another decent NFL uh, week for us, and can't say the same for all the other sports yesterday. But NFL, yeah. we we ended up a a winner in, and you know, again, it wasn't as good as previous. Sundays in November, which November has just been a very good month for the NFL overall, for the book. But uh, yeah, I mean we we came out ahead, so um, can't can't complain when, when that happens. And you know, we I think really the only game that we had a really big decision on in the early slate like, that didn't go our way in the early games was the uh, the Tampa Indy game. Um, took a lot of Tampa money there. Uh, closed. Uh, tampa lane three and they ended up coming back in that game and uh winning and 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 being able to cover so uh that was the only one that really didn't go our way We, we had uh good decisions that did go our way in the uh the eagles giants game of course and uh also the the carolina miami game was a very good result that was probably the best result of any game on the slate yesterday
2: because you had so much carolina money coming in thomas
6: Yes. Yes, we did. Yep. Everybody was on Carolina yesterday. And, you know, unfortunately uh, for them, you know, Cam, uh, I don't know if it, me and Cam kind of showed why he was not on a, uh, a team any at any point uh, after he got cut by New England until they picked him up yesterday. It just didn't go his way.
5: And you and Michael are very close and have the pulse of Philadelphia. Can you confirm as well that maybe the parades are being called off for now, or is it still full steam ahead there?
6: (laughs) Well, I I think uh, you saw a couple things in that game. You have uh, probably (laughs) Rieger is going to be, you know, (laughs) he's probably going to be blamed for this loss. <laughs> um you know hats off to to the Giants because they really you know defensively they they showed something and I think that's something that maybe other teams can you know take away. Uh the Eagles still put up a ton of rushing yards but it, you know uh, Hurts man when he has to throw the ball it's you know you, you just cannot count on him doing anything in the passing game and you know it's now almost become a one dimensional offense the other way where it's you know it almost has to be run for them to have any sort of success offensively
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's so true. And the, when the pressure gets on him, their two-minute drill, when he, when he can't easily, and, and if you contain him in the pocket and don't allow him to move around and gain some plays, I mean, he truly is a one-look-and-go guy. And I don't know how, you know, when you play against the good coordinators, how, how when they handle you and you take this away, what happens? It's going to be a challenge. You can beat the Jets this week, but, the Jets, you know, the Jets, if they just copy the game plan of the Giants, they could have a chance.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. And, you know, the Eagles, yeah, they should be able to beat the Jets. Uh, I mean, they're seven-point favorites, but uh, again, of course, all of Philadelphia was counting on them also beating the Giants yesterday, and it didn't happen.
5: What was your decision last night? I'm curious, because obviously we saw the number close three at most books with Baltimore laying it in a six-point win. What was the decision there at the Borgata?
6: Yeah, we also closed three, so open opened uh, Baltimore as a four-and-a-half-point favorite and uh, closed the race that we needed Baltimore, and uh, that was actually a pretty good day. Uh, um, so even the that half, i uh, taking them a second.
5: Okay, we'll bring Thomas down for a second. There sounds like Michael. He he did need the Ravens, and he got the Ravens. That was, to be fair, yeah. that was a very ugly game on both sides. It, Although it the Ravens really defense was. showed up out of nowhere, the Ravens defense was ridiculous. Well,
2: but like we talked about on the show, I mean, the, the Ravens defense will get exposed when they play a passing game. They're not going to get exposed against the Br- Browns, who who can't throw the ball with Baker. They did a good job of keeping Baker in, the, in behind center. as long as pass was 41 yards, the Y sale to the tight end on first down. I mean, they really didn't have a play that he could make. And you make him, again, he's another quarterback. You make him play in the pocket. You make him stand behind the offensive line. He can't see. Literally, he can't see. It's the, you know, he can't see guys open, and so he won't make the throw. Fair enough.
5: Thomas Gable back here, runs the race and sports book at the Borgata on the Lombardi line. So, Thomas, tonight we were just talking about it's going to be bitterly cold. you got a two-game win streak for Washington. Seattle's lost. I mean, they just have struggled on both sides of the football. Uh, A bunch of books have a pick them. I see Westgate just went to one with Seattle favored there. Where are you at the Borgata?
6: Yeah, a lot of line movement in this one. Uh, Seattle, we opened Seattle as a two-and-a-half point favorite last Sunday wow. night when we opened the lines for this week, and that got bet all the way down uh, through zero. Washington ended up becoming the favorite uh, at one point. They were a one-point favorite, and now it's it's coming back to Seattle, and yeah, you're seeing some places go to one uh, pick here. And the, the money though, it's, it's starting to come in on Seattle. That's, that's really what it comes down to The the early money was on Washington and now, uh, Seattle is, is starting to take money, but Seattle, I think at this point, maybe the bell has told there for the Seahawks team and, and the way that they have, uh, I, I think it's been coming for a while. You know, they've been able to mask a lot of the things that has plagued them and, um, you know, now, all of a sudden, this year, everything's just out in the open, and there really is no, no masking uh, going on whatsoever. Wilson going down, now he's back, and he's certainly not playing um, as we're used to seeing him play. So it, it's been a tough, uh, tough road there for Seattle this year.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's and they just haven't seemed to be able to get any kind of groove offensively. And, you know, Russell has come back off the injury, came back two weeks early, but it looks like he's still not back, you know, in the way he throws the ball. Again, I think cold weather, 37 degrees, you know, with a broken finger, it's hard to get that thing loose. It's hard to get a real feel for the football. It, it, uh, this could be an in-game betting game, Thomas, because I think if you want to watch him throw the ball early before you make that bet.
6: Yeah, good point on that.
2: The big game, the big
5: news of the day as we got in here is Mike McCarthy. He's going to be out for Thursday in COVID protocol, Thomas. It, the, mm-hmm. That number right now, it opens six, right? Dallas at New Orleans. So we'll start there. It opens yep. six. You could tell us at the Borgata where it sits now.
6: Yeah, currently five and a half uh, right now as we speak. Uh, total 47 and a half. And I don't know, is that uh, McCarthy not being there may, may actually end up being a positive for the Cowboys? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
5: That would be the joke that I think uh, will be circulating on social media. McCarthy not being there. It is interesting, though, Michael, coming off that key number of six down to five and a half with Dallas favorite at a New Orleans team that's struggling.
2: Yeah, I mean, but you got to believe they'll have Kamara back. You got to believe they'll have Ingram back, right? You got to believe they'll have some Taysom Hill. You got to believe he'll be back to play quarterback. You know, and and so you got to think that they'll have all their weaponry uh, at least to to keep this game somewhat close. And then I don't know how you handicap it until you know exactly who's not playing for the giant for the for the Cowboys.
5: Yeah, I think that's fair. So as we look ahead and we close out the week here, you mentioned other sports, the handles. Obviously, NFL is going to dominate on a Sunday there at the Borgata. But has the handle been pretty good across the board?
6: Yeah, it has. I mean, college basketball has been very, very strong um, since since we started. I mean, last week with all the tournaments going on, you, you just had a ton of uh, ton of college basketball. Handle uh, college football. You know, this weekend. Especially, just I think we ended up writing more business on college football Saturday than we did on NFL on Sunday. Believe it or not. Wow. Um, yeah, just it was crazy the amount of college football uh, bets were taken. But um, yeah, it's it's been good overall. The NBA, NHL, they're they're doing their share as well. So it, it's it's been nice.
5: We've seen the gap get closed, Michael, and Thomas, as far as how much college football is closing in. College football is just getting bet year to year. So much. Oh. Ha- it's so, it's insane, the fervor that people have for betting. But the idea of a Saturday out handling a Sunday is wild to me, Thomas. It
6: Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, I mean, but as you said, the gap has been closing and closing steadily in the last couple years. And uh, we we saw it this Saturday, um, you know, just the amount of of money that came in uh, on college football was was very impressive.
5: The Borgata. Enjoy it tonight, Monday Night Football, to close out the week, Thomas. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks, Thomas. Yeah, that is wild. A Saturday over a Sunday during co- I mean, that is, and we know how heavily bet. We were just talking to Chris Andrews about his handle on college football this Saturday as well. Okay, Michael, coming up next, our buddy Will Hill is going to join us here on the Lombardi Line.
4: to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Okay, the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM's got you covered. Tonight, you bet 10 bucks If either Washington or Seattle scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 in free bets if you're a new better over at BetMGM. But you have to use the bonus code VSIN200, V-S-I-N 200. Visit BetMGM.com or simply download the BetMGM app again. Tonight, either team scores a touchdown. A $10 investment could win you $200. Please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional. Offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line. Hope you're having a nice Monday. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South White. There's Michael uh, Lombardi in Jersey, and we say hi to our buddy Will Hill, of course, Point Spread Weekly and New York City Cast. What's up, Will? How are you?
4: What's going on, boys? I'm good. The city cash just got a lot easier to do because the Mets signed Max Scherzer, made a bunch of moves. At least one of the New York teams, uh, in terms of baseball is doing something. Not the Yankees, but it is the Mets. <laughs> yes.
2: A three year deal. Uh, uh, on the on the podcast, do you admit that you're a Yankee fan? Do you at least acknowledge this?
5: I don't. I think he did he just freeze? Well may have froze it. Yeah, he froze. We'll get him back here. I, I and or he was doing he was he was doing the thing where he pretended to be frozen because he didn't want to answer your question.
2: <laughs> but a three year deal, yes, the Mets. has got a lot to talk about. I mean, when when do the New York teams both win? The Giants and the Jets both win, and then the big bet signing. I mean, this is a huge day in New York City, huh?
5: Looks like it's gonna be a three year deal for Scherzer, who continues to dominate well into his thirties for the Mets. So Cohen has decided to splurge. We got Will back. Your thoughts on that, Will?
4: I got all frozen up that question for Lombardi. That was like a nasty curveball. I just froze up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think if you listen to the podcast, you wouldn't know what teams I root for. I kind of am down the middle with all these teams. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, but I just think what they've done is ridiculous. The way they act like they're a a small market, small budget team now. This Steinbrenner's kid is not like his dad. His dad just wanted to win at all costs. Uh, The kid is just all about pinching pennies
5: different philosophies no doubt there yeah. in the Bronx. Okay, so last let's get into the, this yesterday. I know you were uh, all over San Francisco watching that Minnesota game. What did you take away from the San Francisco win? <sighs>
4: Oh, it's like every Viking game I've basically seen uh, since I was six years old, where it's exciting, it's exhilarating, and it's ultimately heartbreaking. <laughs> Lombardi always talks about the middle eight. I mean, the Vikings this year, in the last two minutes, they've played, what, 11 games. In the last, six, uh, the last two minutes of those 11 games, they've given up a combined 66 points. Every game before the the two-minute warning in the, in the end of the half, they give up a touchdown. And yesterday, just a terrible sequence. Zimmer, it's first and twenty, it's third and long. Zimmer's not using his timeouts. Could have saved himself time on the other end, to, uh, you know, to get points. The Vikings end up getting a good kick return, but they run out of time. Just a, a terrible job managing the clock from Zimmer. Cousins did not play well. Uh, you know, he got a tough break with Cook getting hurt. Looks like he avoided a serious injury, but. That fumble really turned the game, and you know they just couldn't stop the run. Their whole de- defensive line was back in there, the whole backup defensive line.
5: Yeah, two of eight on third down as well. I mean, it was just – and well, then the, the two possessions in the fourth, I believe, where they – didn't Cousins miss both of them on fourth down, Will? that was That was a struggle, and they couldn't stop the run yesterday.
4: Did you like him lining up under the guard? How did you like that?
5: (laughs) I actually got a kick out of it. Um, I mean, it's happy. Yeah, but that, that was, it was emblematic of what was happening in that game. It's, but again, this is a Zimmer defense. You can't be giving up over 200 on the ground. will.
4: No. And they had their whole backup D line in, but still everyone's got injuries. Everyone's missing guys. You got to get off the field and just a bad loss. But look, everything for the Vikings is still right there. They're five and six. Yeah. They're holding out of the seven seed. They got the lions. They got the bears twice a uh, home game against the Steelers, which doesn't look as tough a home game against the Rams, which doesn't look as tough. So they're probably going to get their nine wins and get in the back of this NFC wildcard race is fascinating because everyone except Detroit is, is within a game. If Seattle were to win tonight, everyone's kind of within a game, even Atlanta's tied at five and six, which is hard to believe they're five and six.
5: Yeah. Their schedule starts to soften up a little bit. The Vikings, as you mentioned, go I ahead, know, Michael.
2: You know, and 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 you know they didn't cover, which typically the Vikings are a great cover team. But they almost they should have covered. I mean, they drop a touchdown pass in the end zone. They don't get a personal. They don't get a pass interference call in the two minute drill. Which, if my man Tim Tim Mills was there, he'd have called that oh. for sure. The one on you know. Mm-hmm. And so they they kind of got cheated out of a chance to really close that game down. They had a chance yeah. to really tie the game up at the end.
4: I don't want to blame the refs because they got a break with San Fran missing a short field goal, but they're down eight. Uh, they're probably not going to win the game because you need a touchdown, a two-point conversion, then winning overtime. I actually think they would have gotten a touchdown though, and they would have covered. Probably just like you know wouldn't have gotten the two or whatever. That was a horrible no call on the pass interference. And man, just sitting here watching football every day for 12 hours, it's never going to be perfect. I understand that, and it's tedious to complain about the refs. But the refereeing in this league is really bad. It's really an issue. I thought Bro- uh, Boger's crew last night did a terrible job. Thanks giving what we watched was a joke it's really been become an issue in in the nfl
2: yeah i mean from one game to the next you can't tell what is passenger you really can't i mean it just goes back and forth
5: do you remember it in your years back it being such a point of consternation that being the varied as far as game to game with the referee do you remember this being an issue
2: me, you know, it always was an issue for me in the league because it depend on who the back judge was, who the side judge was. You know, everybody gets so caught up in the crew, but there's guys in the crew that that have prone to make calls that you got to know about. And the Mills guy, he's always been a guy that you scared me to death any time went there because he's going to involve himself in the game. And you know, but then you get some guys that let him play. And if you get a crew that lets you play, like yesterday, I thought a lot of the crews let them play. I think it was pretty clear the league was a little bit embarrassed by all the penalties on Thanksgiving Day. I thought Sunday was a let them play day.
5: Yeah, seems like it to me as well. Well, I'll ask you about the standalone last night because I know you got a chance to watch that one. Uh, Cleveland-Baltimore is ugly, a 16-10 win. They end up closing Baltimore 3, so they do cover, but that was gross.
4: Horrible football. I mean, it's just a hilarious exchange. A couple different ones where, you know, 12 men on the field and they're calling timeouts. Really just uh, an SNL skit come to life. Then the turnovers at the end of the half. I just don't understand how you're not playing Keenum. Mayfield is so bad. You know, usually you get the ball down six with a minute and a half to go. You got a halfway decent quarterback. You feel like, you know what, you at least got a chance. If you're watching that game last night, you know down six, a minute and a half to go. You had no chance of getting a touchdown if you're Cleveland. You were drawing dead if you were Cleveland. Just, uh he's just not – I mean, he's one of these guys, I think, like Tyrod Taylor, like Bridgewater. I know he's dealing with some injuries. To me, uh, Mayfield's a good backup.
2: Yeah, that's what he might be. I mean, look, they can't score points. At some point, the job of the quarterback is to score points and to make plays in the passing game. We haven't seen it with Mayfield. Other than the scheme that gives him the plays, that's what usually does it. That, that was a game that – I mean, Baltimore, another game Baltimore's fortune. You turn the ball over four times on interceptions and you come out winning – Think about how many times has that ever happened, Patrick, where you're the winner.
5: It's unbelievable, and he was so inaccurate, Baker, Michael, which is one thing. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but the accuracy needs to be there, especially in that play-action offense, and it's just not there right now.
2: Was it 18 nope, to 37? A, 18 to th- yeah, 18 yeah. to 37. I, I mean, you know, you can't win games like that. And it, for us, it's better, you know, to count on him to play well. And as it gets colder and colder and it's harder to loosen up all those aches and pains, it's a problem.
5: Here's what you do know. If the Browns are going to run for 40 yards, look at Baker's numbers. They're not going to be good because that's what nope. that's what it's all predicated upon. And,
2: And Martindale played five defensive linemen there last night. He had everybody covered up. He wasn't going to get beat by the run. That's the one thing I said on the show yesterday. Look, the Ravens can't – if they play against a team like the Chargers that can throw the ball – now, the Chargers didn't do it against them, but a typically good passing team, the Ravens' defense will get exposed. But against a team that can only run the ball, the Ravens can – you can scheme yourself to stop the run. I mean, and that's what everybody's going to start doing now. The ball is going to have to be in Baker's hands more and more.
5: Scary. As Will said, he may just be a very good backup. All right, let's focus on Monday Night Football here, Will. I, the number's been all over the place. I'm just going to give you a pick 'em with Seattle at Washington. It's going to be bitterly cold there. But a pick 'em in 47, that number's jumping up a little bit as far as the total when these are two under teams.
4: I don't see how you bet Seattle. Uh, They've been horrible. They're bad on defense. They gave up 434 yards to an Arizona team with no Murray, with no Hopkins. Uh, Wilson, since he's come back, 19 possessions, one touchdown. I mean, obviously, Wilson's probably a Hall of Famer. Heineke's a fringe starter at best. Heineke's playing better right now than Wilson. It it feels like the end here for the Wilson Carroll era. Uh, It feels like both of them, or at least one of them, won't be back next year. Uh, To me, this is Washington. Seattle has just played terribly.
2: I I I don't disagree with them. I mean I think you gotta see it first before you believe it, right? I mean you gotta see Seattle do something. And this again, I will I like this game in betting because I think that Wilson with this really cold weather, his hand on the football, how he's throwing it with that finger, it's something I think you need to really check out.
4: I saw some of the uh, All-22 last week of the game against Arizona. He left a million throws on the field. Wilson did oh, a yeah. million throws. They should have scored a lot of points, and they didn't.
5: Yeah, he's simply not playing well. It's
2: it's pretty
4: oh, wild.
5: No,
2: it's, he's not cooking. He's he, he not cooking. Where is where's he? Oh, what's, that, what's the restaurant he's cooking at now? Uh, yeah. po- probably at Ponzio's Diner. Tough <laughs> game against
5: all right, Will froze up. We'll say goodbye to Will. And, of course, you can check out the new- – again, he's got plenty to talk about with both New York teams winning and the Mets signing Max Scherzer. So, com slash podcast for Will's podcast. But, yeah, he just – it's it's not – there aren't excuses to make for Russ. He ain't playing. I, maybe he came back from the injury too soon. I don't know, but
2: that's on him. I think he would probably say the same. He watches the 22 as well. He sees guys open. You know, I mean, it's one thing. Like, like uh, for example, Mac Jones throws a touchdown pass to Bourne in the right end zone. Great. He had he had he had Hunter Henry wide open on the other side. You could say, well, he had you know, but he made a play. You know, when you don't make the play and guys are wide open, then it's on the quarterback.
5: Oh, you mean the rookie, Mac Jones? Who, what team could possibly use a player
2: like I, I have I, no idea who would want, who would want him. I Seriously. can't believe
5: they risked who it. I him? can't believe they risked the biscuit at 15 in the draft. Man, that's an overreach. We come can't back. And we got Step Into My Office and more here on the Lombardi Line.